Hello and welcome to Off the Arrow Shelf Podcasts. I'm Rob, the author of OffTheArrowShelf.com and host for these podcasts. If you're a new listener, then hi, thanks for dropping by, and I'm glad that you managed to find us. If you're returning, then many thanks for returning for another episode. Off the Arrow Shelf is aimed at promoting the hobby of field archery in the UK. Hi, and welcome back now to Off the Arrow Shelf. And I'm going to be carrying on from the last podcast where I introduced the concept of the Archer's Triangle. Three sides and three elements that need to come together for all archers to be effective. So you have the arrow the archer and the bow. In this podcast I'm going to be focusing my concentration on the projectile, i.e. the arrow. What you need to consider when it comes to shooting arrows and where you can pick up some advice and some tips. Now before I start and going into details, those of you who read the Off the Arrow Shelf blog and those of you who may have listened to some of the podcasts will already know that I am very much a what I consider to be an instinctive traditional archer. Now, what that means is I am shooting a American flatbow, which is effectively a 68-inch um, bow not a recurve bow, but a flat bow. It's uh, launching wooden arrows with feather fletchings. So there's no sights on it, there's no carbon arrows, nothing along those lines. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about and giving examples about are based on the production of wooden arrows in the classes that I shoot. I shoot under the National Field Archery Society, or NFAS, so that will be where I'll be centering. But I want you to remember this, that it doesn't really matter if you're a hunter, whether you're a target archer, or like myself, a field archer. The projectile is a vital element. The arrow side of this triangle is so crucial. It, and it covers so many different things, such as the spining, the point weights, the length, the consistency, all these elements. And that is what I'm going to be focusing on when I'm talking about this with regards to the archery or the archer's triangle. And this podcast, I'm going to be focusing on some tips, some thoughts that you may find beneficial, whether you are a coach or whether you're just an archer that's wanting to improve. So let's see where I can get started. Now, as I said, I make the vast majority of arrows that I make are wooden arrows with feather fletchings. I have played around with aluminium ones and I've looked at carbons. I've never really spent a lot of time in the with shooting carbons simply because of the fact the styles and under the competition styles that I shoot, you have to use wooden arrows. My wife, she used to shoot bare bow and for her bows, she wasn't able to shoot carbon arrows. Now I'll let that sink in for a second. She was not able to shoot carbon arrows. Now that may sound strange. Under the bare bow classification under NFAS, you are allowed to shoot carbon arrows. 
Bahabo. We couldn't get Carboneros to work at that time. This is a few years ago now. They have changed slightly, but at that time we couldn't get Carboneros that were sufficiently heavy. The manufacturer of her bow, and she's got a, a little black brook recurve, beautiful little bow, but there is a minimum grain weight for grains weight is um sorry i didn't say this i should have said it earlier arrows are measured in two ways they are measured in grains per inch which is the physical mass weight and spining which is how much of a um, deflection there is and how much flexibility there is in the arrow now on the, with the bow that sharon had she was not able to get carbon arrows that were sufficiently heavy to work she got quite a short draw length, about 25 and a half inches. She's shooting, a, I think that was 38 pounds at 25 and a half inches. So it's around about a 45 pounds for a 28 inches, 45 pound draw weight. And we really, really struggled. We ended up actually going with um, each next seven aluminiums with, uh, and I played around with the point weight at the front to make them work for her. So that rationale, that reason I'm talking about this mass weight aspect is, is one of the things that I found. And it's a really, really fast win uh, for building confidence with archery is getting those arrows to be consistent and to be as identical to one another as possible. Where it comes to carbon arrows, aluminium arrows, it's very easy to say, right, I want, I'd let's say a 100 grain pile up front, I'm using a plastic nox, I'm using plastic fletchings, I've got a carbon or aluminium shaft, the only other thing is going to be the slight increase in weight and the amount of glue that I might use for to adhere the pile in, etc. Those are all pretty uniform weights. When it comes to wooden arrows, it's a lot harder to get that uniformity because wood is natural. The trees that the arrow shafts come from, there is variability in the arrow weight, there's variability in the arrow spine. So trying to get a consistency with wooden arrows is very, very hard. That's why it spends the time. And the reason I am talking about consistency, the reason why I'm saying that consistency is so very important, is based on experience. I've had over the years quite a few archers come to me and say they want to improve. They, they've, they've reached a plateau with their shooting and they're struggling. They just they want some tips and advice. Their shooting form could be very good, their um, dynamics, their, their draw dynamic, everything's working well from their bows are, are tuned in really well, but they're not quite getting those uh, podium places. And on two separate occasions I've sat down with archers and I'm going to give these as examples and I've weighed their arrows, I've looked at their arrows and I've said okay, let's let's take apart the, the, the dozen arrows. Now when an archer comes to me and does some coaching with me. I have them shoot four arrows. I, I randomly pick four arrows out of their arrow tube and I say, right, those are the four arrows we're going to use today. I want to see how they perform. And when I did this with one gentleman that came to see me, I noticed that the his form was fine, but the arrow flight was different. 
And I said to them, well, this this isn't making any sense because you're, you're doing everything exactly the same. You're drawing up exactly the same. You're releasing the same. So I got my grain scales. Now, a grain scale is um, a small digital scale which I use to, to weigh arrows. And if you're into archery, go out and buy one. They're not overly expensive. You can get a decent one for around £20 or less. And uh, all I do is I put a little block of uh, sponge on top of the grain scales, make sure the grains, uh, the scales are zeroed, and then I, I put the arrow on top. And this basically means that the arrow has a degree of clearance and isn't likely to snag on the scales or anything else on the worktop. So I weighed the arrows and I thought, well, he had one arrow and I can't remember the exact weight because it was something like 312 grains something like and I picked up another arrow and I put it on and that's coming in at 380 and I thought well wait a minute there's a difference there and I went through his arrows and I actually got him to empty out his tube and he had a dozen arrows with him and between those dozen arrows there was 120 grains worth of difference now they were all the same length they were all this, had the same fletchings on, they all had the same pile weight on the front. And I said to him, there's no way that you're going to get a consistency in shooting, especially at long distances. At 10, 20 yards, you're not going to see a huge amount of difference. You got about to 40, 50 or 60, which is where he was really struggling. You're talking about having a difference of between 12 and 18 inches, maybe even 2 feet in that drop-off based on the bow he was shooting and how he was shooting. And I went through his arrows and I picked out three arrows and said, right, okay, shoot these exactly the same. And you, and it showed that you can put a grouping in when all the arrows are consistent. Now, I had another archer come to me. They were seeking some advice on their shooting. Again, their form was pretty good. There was a few tweaks here and there. And I said, right, okay, pick out the arrows. And I noticed when they were picking the arrows out and loading their bow, they were taking some time to check the top of the arrow. And I asked them what they were doing. And they said, well, I've got a little L and LH on. And I said, well, what's that for? And says, oh, well, low or high. And I went, what does that mean? He says, well, because they gap shoot, they want to be able to know whether they need to aim higher with this arrow or lower with this arrow. And... I, again, got out the grain scales, I weighed them, and again, there was 80 to 100 grains difference between those arrows. The lighter arrows, which were the ones that they had a little L next to them, so they aimed lower, would fly higher, and they fly slightly faster, and the heavier arrows would drop off at longer distances. And I said, well, having that variable, that aspect that you've got to consider every time you pick an arrow from your quiver, is not something you really want. You want to be able to avoid that. So first things first is sitting down, going through and checking you've got a consistency and, and then batching up those arrows so that if you've got them all around, I, I, I shoot a 45 pound flat bow and most of my arrows come in when they're fully made up to around about 460 grains. Now my um, supplier of, of my bows have said that I can go down to 405 grains if I wanted to, but what I've actually found is going that a little bit heavier gives me more consistency when I'm buying shafts and making up the arrows. The arrows are a little bit more durable and the bow's quieter to shoot. It's more it's more forgiving to shoot. So that's something that I've done. So first 
message to take away from this is consistency. Make sure that your arrows are fletched the same, they've got the same pile weight on, and uh, they're the same spine. That way you're not having to think, okay, which arrow am I going to use here? You can just spend time and shooting and knowing they're all consistently the same. So consistency is a big thing. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, that was me coughing. I'll try and edit that out if I get a chance. So that element of consistency is a huge uh, benefit for archers and it's a really fast win. Sit down, get yourself grain scale, weigh your arrows and, and see how much of a difference there can be. Because if you think about your, I shoot an 80 grain pile up front of my arrows. If I've got an arrow uh, or a, a batch of arrows and there's a hundred grains difference between them that's an as the equivalent of putting another pile or more onto the end of my arrow so they're obviously going to behave differently um one of the other things is that and people hate it when i say this but arrows are expendable so i limit the amount of time i actually spend on making my arrows simply because shooting wooden arrows they will deteriorate over time and that is really really important to remember um, you've heard of metal fatigue well wooden arrows did um, lose the heart of the arrow that's because of the fact the constant impacting on on 3ds on paper faces on foam bosses whatever you're shooting will gradually break down the fibers that are actually uh, the, the the wooden fibers within so what will eventually happen is that the arrow will lose its spine that the, the spine of the arrow become weaker and weaker and weaker and will eventually be unusable for your bow because of the fact that they will just end up looking more like a banana than anything else so bear that in mind consistency of age in your arrows when i was shooting my competition recurves if I got four months out of a set of two dozen arrows, I was amazed because of the amount of practice I would do and the amount of shooting I would do. I would just lose the spine. The, the, the woods would deteriorate over time. So that's something to actually consider when you're making them. Um, I spend a lot of time making arrows. You know, I said um, I, I spend a, um, a limited amount of time. I spend a lot of time on making sure that they are coming in as close together as possible. Most of my arrows when I'm making up a, a, a set will be between 8 and 12 grains in those two dozen arrows. And I will weigh them and I will weigh the shafts before I even start in the shop. Or I am quite fortunate I've got a supplier of arrow shafts who's really good. They, they spine them and weigh them. And they, they weight match them in a mass way and they also spine match them to my specifications. And that's something to bear in mind. If you go into a shop and you're buying wooden arrows and there might be a, a box of wooden arrows saying, right, okay, these are suitable for a 40 to 45 pound bow. Well, they might be at that particular length. But if you cut an arrow down, the actual dynamic spine of the arrow increases. If you take the 100 grain pile off the front and put a 70 grain pile on, the actual dynamic spine actually increases again. And this works on the principle of uh, how much weight is up the front. So in the spining of an arrow in where wooden arrow is concerned is, is done in pounds. So it's a principle of, if I remember right, it's, think that you put the wood and um, 
shaft uh, across a gap of, of two pins. I think it's 26 inches apart the pins are. And then a two pound weight is measured and then that is then calibrated against the scale to identify what spine of the arrow is. So you would have a spine of let's say 45 pounds at 28 inches. If you cut that arrow down that spining goes up. If you put a uh, big heavy weight on the front, let's say a big pile of 120 grain pile on the front, because there is a heavy weight on the front of the arrow, the actual spining in the arrow drops, or the dynamic spine drops. And this is something that a lot of people get wrong, a lot of people get confused about. I'm going to explain this a little bit more. If you think of um, an arrow shaft is basically a long slender piece of wood, aluminium or carbon fibre, and it's got a weight on the end. When you draw back your bow with your arrow mounted on it ready to release, and you get to that point, you hit your anchor and you release that arrow, the limbs via the string is exerting a certain amount of energy to push forward. The mass weight of the arrow is resisting that. If you've got a big heavy weight at the front, i.e. a large pile weight at the front, then there's more inertia, there's, there's more resistance to that movement. If you've got a lighter pile weight at the front, then you, you've got lesser resistance to movement. And the really easy example I came up with when I was thinking about this podcast is I've just recently cut our front hedge. Um, quite a task because you got to get the ladder out and you got the edge trimmed out. But anyway, I was brushing up all the leaves and I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking this is a really good analogy here. You have a, uh, your brush and you're, you're brushing up uh, leaves or you might be brushing the snow um, off your drive. If you've got a lot of snow or, or a lot of leaves at the front, then there's quite a lot of resistance for you and you're, you're pushing it and you can feel that weight. If there isn't a large amount of weight in front, i.e. a large amount of snow or a lot of leaves, and you're pushing, there's lesser resistance. That's the same, if you like, of when your arrow is on the bow and the string's being released. There is the weight at the front, the power weight at the front. Now, I'm not going to go into front to center and all of this, these dynamics of the weights as well, and how much should be forward, how much of your weight should be forward, how much should be at the back. I'm just trying to explain that the basically your, the, the pile weight at the front will change the dynamic spine of the arrow. So if you've got an arrow from, and you're wanting to make it stiffer, and you can't because you can't go out and you can't buy some. Um, uh, more shafts, then dropping the pile weight at the front will help, potentially help. If you increase the pile weight, it'll make it more um, flexible. It'll make the spine, dynamic spine, that much lighter. Now, I'm talking about weights. One of the things you've got to be careful about is not shooting too light an arrow, especially when you're shooting wooden bows, especially with, my, with what I was saying earlier with the bow manufacturer. We've got Blackbrook bows. He's got a nine grain um power weight limit on his flat bows. Now that's nine grains per inch. So I'm shooting a 45 pound flat bow. So nine grains per inch works out to be around 405 grains. If I shoot a lighter arrow than that, then what I'm doing is I'm, I'm not providing enough weight in that arrow to absorb the energy from the limbs. 
I've seen this happen where people have gone to really light arrows because they fly faster, they fly further. The problem being is you can actually run the the risk of shooting two lights an arrow from your bow and then they're almost like micro dry fires that there's not enough weight in the arrow to absorb the the energy and it results in potentially damaging your bow so be aware of that be aware be aware of mass weight i as i said earlier i tend to go for a slightly heavier arrow than i need to simply because of the fact that most of the time I'm shooting distances of around about 40 to 45 yards tops. There will be a few long shots. I, you know, I've, I've shot targets over 70 yards, but because I shoot the same arrows, the same match weight, all the same time, I don't play around with different spines, different fletching sizes, or anything like that. I know how they will perform. I'm very fortunate. At the back of our house, we own a, a field, and I can shoot there. I can shoot comfortably 40 yards there. If I open up the field gates and come into the into the garden, use the bottom part of the garden, I can hit 70 yards without too much difficulties. So I can spend that time. So that's something to bear in mind because I shoot exactly the same all the time. Yeah, um, that helps. And I'm also been experimenting with fletchings. I'm going to do a, a full podcast on my arrow builds stuff along those lines but right now though i want to talk about that aspect of the archer's triangle the idea of the fact that you want to have that level of consistency you also want to be thinking about the spining you want to be thinking about ensuring that the spine of the arrows are all the same so again you've got that level of consistency um, i spend a little bit of time cresting my arrows i don't do a huge amount of time on cresting and the reason i have a uh, cresting the arrow up by the where the fletching is concerned and one tip i'm going to share with you here is i put a black band on my arrow uh, and that black band is exactly the um, distance from the string to the uh, there's a mark on uh, my the shelf of my of my bow because mine's a laminated up wooden bow and there's this black line that goes up and it's just the edge of the carbon fiber and my black line aligns with that so i can drop any one of my arrows onto my bow and i'll know exactly if those lines um line up and the pun um if they line up then i know my brace height is spot on i don't have to get my bracing uh, ruler out i know it's exactly right and it's a really quick and easy fix Another thing that we have to do, and, and I've had to bring people up on it when I've been marshalling events, is uh, under the NFAST rules, you have to have your name and your shooting order um, on your arrows. And it's one of the things to consider there, um, ensuring that you've always got your name and your shooting order. You don't have to put your club on. You used, people used to say, oh, well, that's a rule. It's not a rule. It's a recommendation. So arrows could get back to the archer in question. But in reality, legally and under the competition rules, it's the shooting order and your name clearly marked on the arrow so it is visible. reason I mention this is it isn't the competitions. Some uh, societies say you have to have the shooting order marked up as one, two, three, four, etc., in the NFAS, it's fine if it's just um, one band, two bands, or three bands. 
So shooting order, consistency, consistency in arrow weight, consistency in arrow spining, consistency in your fletchings. I used to know somebody who used to have smaller fletchings for longer shots because he didn't want the drag. But your fletchings are there to provide stability. And um, I've been using some uh, uh, batwing, batwing feather fletchings for a number of years now. And I quite like them. They seem to work pretty well. They, they straighten the arrows quite fast and they don't seem to have as great a drop-off. Um, I'm my bow, when I last put it through the chrono, was around about 180 feet per second, um, shooting one of my heavier arrows. I'm quite happy with 180 out of a flat bow with wooden arrows. Um, I'm not expecting to try and chase 200 or anything along those lines. I've got a, I've got a nice setup, and it works for me. So, consistency is in spining, arrow weight... Um, fletching size, knocks, spend some time checking the knocks on your arrows as well because that can quite often cause problems. I've seen some knocks seem to bite down on the string a little bit more than others so that's something to bear in mind. Um, but as I said, this is the first of the, the three podcasts that's going to be around the, the Archer's Triangles and this one is focusing on the arrow side of the, of the triangle. Future ones will look at the bow setups and bow, thing, uh, bow characteristics that you need to consider. Others will then start looking at the archer. I will probably do the archer last because I want to start touching on the psychology there where it comes to coaching and also target panic elements and both so physical and mental ones. But initially, as I said, Spend some time, look at your arrows, check that they're all performing the same, check that they're all working effectively. Um, usually what I find with my bows is there's a, a lower spine and a higher spine that work, and between that range I've got a spining that will actually work for my arrows. I'm shooting a 45 pound flat bow, um, and the the variations in what I can actually shoot, how stiff I can shoot, and how um, soft I can shoot, um, is quite—I'll say quite tight—but that's probably because I'm. Um, people will say I'm a bit anal about this because of the fact I do spend the time um, manufacturing the arrow as opposed to finishing it off. Which so I don't spend a lot of time on the cresting. However, I do spend time on matching the arrow to the bow. Okay, so I'm going to finish there. If you've got any questions, drop me a line off the arrow shelf at yahoo.co.uk. Drop onto the uh, website off the arrow shelf.com. As I said, I will probably do the bow next as the next uh, topic of this um, trilogy, and then I'll finish off on, on doing the uh, the arrow. Sorry, not the arrow, the archer. Any questions, though, I'll be more than happy to try and answer. I may not have the answers, and if I don't, I'll tell you that straight off. I'll try and find it for you, and I'll try and give you some recommendations. So, once again, thanks. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, then drop me a line. My email address is off the arrow shelf at yahoo.co.uk 
that's off the hour shelf at yahoo.co.uk or you can check out the website offthearrowshelf.com I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.